Portland, man. Crazy. Whoa. Did you see Darlington? He's like right there in the sky. Oh, I thought that was the MLS Cup. Hey, man. Did you ever think that Darlington Nagby was like an angel sent to us from Portland so we can win the MLS year after year? I was about to say, we already, we already did that last year, man. But yeah, we could do it again this year. That'd be cool. Yeah, that'd be really cool, that'd man. That'd be cool. Portland was great, man. So, so green. It was like fans were green. The players were green. We won. And now we're back. We're back in Atlanta. It's time for ATL and United Podcast. And I'm Blake, joined by... ATL Joe? I think that's your name. Yeah, that's definitely your name. Okay. We got Trashlando on Friday. Thought we'd drop an early pod for you. Thanks for tuning in. Keep your ears peeled. We got a message from Miles. I'm Miles Robinson. Hello to all my ATLians. You could probably catch me in the front row with a bad bitty body banging like a bongo. We got the cup, but we want more. Cut your Taylor Boca, we got Leandro. Everybody here, all right, hola. And you know what it is, five strikes don't stop. And you know what it is, we just cut up all the rest. Now we got a gold star hanging above the crest. They lost in translation, they not understanding me. Joseph Martinez, Atlanta is family. My city love me, Orlando was mad at me. I can't be clean, but they stopped over trash. We got WrestleMania, Fred the Boy, MLS champs. Got a thick look, but we number one. What you take us for? Got a shout out to Blake, in the course. That's right, ATLians, we are back for another episode. And guess what? We are first in the East. About time. About time. It is about time. And we're actually in first place this time. It's not like Philadelphia is going to win in between our next game and, and knock us off there. We're a point. Or we're tied on points, but we're game ahead of Philly. They still have a whole other game they played than us, and we're still in first place. This is the biggest lead we've had all year. It's yeah, and, we're, and it's the hottest form that we're, we're coming into. You know, we've won six out of the last seven games that we've played, all competitions. I'm excited for what's coming up. Like, let's get right into the news. Joseph scored a goal from Portland that was a screamer, a curler, whatever you want to call it. It was amazing. He chipped the goalie, curled it around the end. It's up for goal of the week, and it's definitely going to win. We, we lost one of our most recent goals of the week, so fans, get out there and vote if you haven't started voting already. We're doing this episode a little bit early since we have a game on Friday. Forgot to mention that earlier. I will say that this goal that Joseph scored was like many classic FIFA goals I've scored where I used to hit the right the right bumper or the right trigger and do that finesse shot. He executed it perfectly. Perfect run, perfect first touch, incredible strike. It was one of the best executed goals I think I've ever seen Joseph Martinez score. And that's saying a lot. So if you guys don't get on and vote, I think Joe's getting on his phone right now and voting. Let's win him goal of the week. He's he's won enough, but let's go ahead and get this win. We had some other accolades though this week, Joe. Nagby of course, coming off the Portland win. Miles playing like a rock for defense. And Frank. Frank can make team of the week? I guess coach of the week. Petey made the bench. We're winning accolades. Wait, We're winning MLS wait. awards again. It's great. Wait, where's Goose? Brad Guzan. Oh, you're right. Where's Goose? That's a travesty. How did he not make team of the week? Did you not see his game? He sacrificed his, his big, shiny head. He adds another another wonderful save, another clean sheet to his tally. Got kicked in the head twice. He was clearly our MVP of this past game. I mean, I guess Turner from New England, who actually got it, had nine saves. So, I mean, that is a pretty big accomplishment. But how many times did he get kicked in the head? But, yeah, if you watched Brad Guzan's game, 
he clearly deserved to be on team of the week, past the bench. They should have played him as winger, you know, left wing, Brad Guzan, and then kept Turner in the back of the goal. Cutting in. I think he might be better on the right wing, cutting in on that left foot, maybe blasting some curlers into the upper 90. Uh, let's, Let's talk about something Frank DeBoer came out and said about Nagby and the U.S. men's national team. Because we've been talking about DeBoer. DeBoer is on the team of the week for our coach. Nagby makes team of the week, has a coming home experience in Portland, plays phenomenally, leads us to the win. And he says, my personal opinion is that if you see from the start of the season, he's by far one of the best midfielders in MLS. I think if he plays like this, he's referring to U.S. men's national team coach, Burhalter, he'll have to pay attention. That's for sure, because how he's playing right now and against Club America was phenomenal. And I agree. This is the two best performances I've seen from Darlington Nagby in an Atlanta United jersey these last two games. So mad props to Darlington Nagby. And with this win, we have become the fastest team to 50 wins in MLS history. We got to watch out for LAFC because they're creeping up on us. But phenomenal, phenomenal start to our time in the MLS, and and way to go, Darlington. Speaking of fastest, Blake, it's time for everyone's new favorite segment, MLS in 90 seconds. All right, we only got 90 seconds, so I got to keep this quick. Let's do a quick standings update. We've already mentioned that Atlanta is first place in the East, but what's going on in the West? LAFC is running away with that thing, so no one should worry about it. Hot on our tail is NYCFC. They got some tough games coming up. Hopefully they can drop some points because they've played two less games than we have, and they're only four points back. Joe, on to you. Well, let's start it off right here in Atlanta United. Farco got called up to the Argentina U23 national team, along with Julia Carranza, who is not an MLS player right now, but a future MLS player for Inter Miami. Moving on, you've got St. Louis officially announced now. We mentioned that last week, but now it's very, very official, and they are going to start in 2022, and their predecessor is going to be Austin, Inter Miami, and Nashville the the previous years. Uh, Captain Morgan came out with a wonderful commercial. If you guys haven't seen it, it is everybody in dress in a DC United jersey and they're singing the anthem of frat granny shagger there's just only mixed one in Captain Morgan with Captain Morgan moving on the site for Inter Miami's new stadium has been found double the amount of arsenic allowed in soil and it will cost over 50 million dollars just to clean it up before they can start building fun fact it's currently a golf course that apparently people should not be playing on golf on arsenic uh, Philadelphia lost to Chicago Fire 2 to nothing which allowed Atlanta to move to the top in the east woohoo LAFC is the only team that have clinched the playoffs spot this year because they have been dominating and they if you don't watch out are going to score the most goals in team in MLS history they're going to win the most wins in MLS history and score the most points for a third consecutive year in MLS history uh Chris Wondolowski has achieved at least 10 goals for 10 seasons in a row that is an incredible feat although Joseph Martinez will clearly beat that five years from now rivalry week is up we got a bunch of fun games this week Woo. Atlanta United is playing Orlando. Yeah, they are our son. We are their father. We all know that. Bunch of children. Portland versus Seattle. That'll be a very good game to watch. Uh, Saturday's got a full slate of games. New York City plays Red Bulls. Let's go, Red Bulls. Philly playing D.C. Come on, D.C. Get another win. Uh, New England plays Chicago. Not really care. I don't really care about that one. Uh, Toronto versus Montreal. Who cares? Real Salt Lake in Colorado. Why is that even on this list? I don't know. Let's do injuries. I think we made it through under 90. How do we do? Great job, man. But seriously, let's do the injuries. The MLS in 90 minutes. <laughs> We're moving towards that. Injury report. Injury. Injury. Injury report. All right, injuries. Just what you've all been waiting for. I don't have much this week, so I'll keep it short. Brandon Vasquez, Bello, Kevin Kratz, you guys have been used to me talking about them being hurt. They played with Atlanta United 2 this week. 
So they're actually healthy. They're just trying to get match fitness all the way back up. Training, good sign. I don't know if any of them have a spot in the team right now, but it's good to see them healthy. We might need depth come playoff time. Uh, Mikey Ambrose made the 18-man roster. So Ambrose is back in the fold. We really are getting healthy at a great time. Got two injuries to report on. Rometty, he's still doubtful. Had that thigh injury. Held him out of the last two games. Don't know when he's going to be back. No official update from the club. And Escobar, also doubtful. Pulled up lame against Club America in the Campiones Cup. Still doubtful. So probably not going to have Escobar and Remedy. I'd expect us to have the same back three. But we'll dive into that a little bit later as this last game. That's it for injuries. Let's go back to Portland where we started this show and recap a wonderful, wonderful late, very late Sunday night. Whoa, Blake. This was our first away win in three months. You know all that's happened in the last three months? So much has happened in three months. That's a quarter of a year, right? Yeah. Yeah. A quarter of a year has gone by since we won a road game. Wow, that, you put it that way. That's, that's kind of crazy. That's a really long time, man. Now, we're not counting U.S. Open Cup uh, because clearly we went to Orlando, which is also our home. No, that's our home stadium. That, that's another yeah. That's That's our home stadium. Yeah, so it's been three months. You're yeah. right. You're right. Wow. It's nuts. We yeah. talked about Goose earlier. Guy played great. He had another shutout. That brings his total tally on the season up to 12. Let's give a good old goose. Oh, clean sheet. (laughs) Thanks to our wonderful producers for giving those lovely bumpers every week. Good job, Goose. Another clean sheet. He's got to be in the the front runner for for goalie of the year. Yeah, and toughest head of the year. That's true. You think when he ran into Remedy, not Remedy, when he ran into Escobar these past couple years, that he ran into him head first? I think what Goose was doing by beating up Escobar, because I think he knocked Escobar out, what, twice? I think he was really just warming up for this season. Goose knew he was getting older. It was going to be a tough season ahead. We had to defend our MLS Cup. And he just had to, he had to find someone to prepare him for the battles that were to come. And it, unfortunately, it was Escobar, but... He showed his toughness here. Takes two knees to the head, still gets the clean sheet, still gets the shutout. Hats off to Goose. You got robbed on Team of the Week, like Joe mentioned earlier. Yeah, he was named Man of the Match and well-deserved. And that save he made in the second half where off the corner kick and the header down and low, he had to dive and basically fall Uh on his face after he swatted the ball away with his bare paw. That was an incredible save and a big, big defining moment in the match. I mean, that would have put it a game at two to one where Portland would have felt like they're right in this game. And and Blake, this was the most exciting game that I have watched all season long. It was a ten o'clock start, and it was really, really rough for us on the East Coast, especially us older people trying to stay up and watch this game at a ten o'clock start. And not only that, we got to 10 o'clock, and they announced that it wasn't going to start till 10.25. You know, not 10.09, or not your other 10.15 kickoff, 25 minutes after the start of 10 o'clock before they kicked it off. That makes so much sense now, because I went to bed, and I was like, why is it so late? This game started at 10. I'm not very good at math, so I started doing the math in my head. I was like, this doesn't add up. I lost 25 minutes of my life, and until you just just mentioned that, I had no idea what happened to it. I thought maybe I had gotten hit in the head. So thanks for clearing that up. 
it was a very late night. This game finished on Monday morning. What I can say is, Joe, I would say this was one of the most exciting Atlanta United games I've seen, especially considering it was a road performance. I would say the Campiones Cup was actually more exciting from a what the MLS did, what Atlanta United did to knock off the Liga MX champions and the atmosphere and the way they did it and how aggressive we played. But I will say this. This is the most impressive Atlanta United road game I've ever watched and the most exciting. Yeah, and Blake, going back to Campionis Cup and maybe the week before and going to LAFC, I think all this excitement that we're, we're really witnessing with Atlanta United all tracks back to us switching to three in the back and playing an overloaded midfield with Gressel and Miram or whoever you want as the other wing back and just overloading the other team where we are forcing the issue, throwing as many attacking midfielders into the box at, up front and creating so many chances where we are very susceptible to a counterattack. It, it's happened every game that we've played. It, it's given me a heart attack. I, I'm, I'm going to need some heart surgery at the end of the season because I am bound to have at least three more heart attacks per game the yeah. rest of the season. You should, probably, you should probably get that checked out, man. I mean, you're not... But, and you mentioned us being old earlier, but... Blake, it's our playing style. It, yeah. it's, it's been incredible to see us being pushing forward like this, but our three defenders in the back, and Goose, who's having one of his best seasons of his career, just revitalizing himself in the back, in the net, and, and Miles Robinson, LGP, and then Escobar or Pogba have been playing wonderful defense, risky at times, but recovering very well. It, it's It's been phenomenal to watch, Blake. In this game against Portland just right from the gun, had chances on both ends. It was end-to-end action, nonstop. There were shots on both sides. We scored first. And then right back, Portland's Diego Valeri sliding in, missed a wide-open chance to tie it up. And that just set the tone for the entire game, Blake. It was back and forth all the way through. It easily could have been a game, been a game that Portland won 5-4, to four, Atlanta won 9 to nothing. Or vice versa. It was all over. But in the end, Atlanta took it home 2 to nothing. Yeah, and let's catch everyone up in case you guys didn't stay up. You had work the next day. I get it. Quick recap. LGP got the scoring started. First half, corner off Petey. Joseph comes in with a flying kick, bounces off the goalie, and LGP, the notorious LGP, is there to finish at home. If you guys haven't seen Joseph Martinez's second goal to start the second half, it was just a couple seconds into the second half. Like I said at the beginning, absolute beauty, perfect touch, perfect run, perfect finish. The goalie could do nothing but just stand and watch. And then finally, we had another controversial call with Petey Martinez, and I think he's got to stop going down so easily because right now, everyone thinks he's diving. Everyone thinks he's flopping. He had a one-on-one breakaway at the end of the half. Could have been a red card. I think the defender actually did get the ball first, but that's me not looking through Atlanta United lenses. As an Atlanta United fan, I was screaming for a red card and a penalty at the end of the first half. Yeah, and I, I agree very much that that, in my mind, was a penalty. The guy took away a clear goal-scoring opportunity. But that wasn't the only controversial call. Portland had some on, uh, on their side, too. You know, they had a goal that they scored against Brad Guzan. Brian Fernandez with a header called back for offsides. And you go back and look at the replay, he was just a fraction offsides. Marginally. But it, it is worth the controversy. They they did check it VAR, but not actually go to the booth. The assistant referee raved it off before the head ref could even go to the video screen. So it was a proper call. 
and then Brian Fernandez just lived off sides the rest of the match, thankfully, because there were a couple more times where he was wide open and they fed him the ball, but he was off and they could not capitalize on their good opportunities. That's the danger of playing that high line you mentioned earlier. We are susceptible to breaks against us. We got to hold that offside trap. And <laughs> thankfully, it worked this game. We shut him out. Another side note Tito makes a quick cameo appearance at the end of the game. Good to see him back on the pitch. I thought Justin Miram played fantastic. But it was great to see Tito back on the pitch. Yeah, it, it was really great to see him back. And and Brad got the game, the man of the match. We mentioned Brad got the man of the match earlier. There were a couple other players that easily could have put their name in the hat for man of the match. Joseph Martinez with our goal. And he set up the first goal by by kicking it off the goalie who made an incredible save on Port, for Portland where LGP scored. Joseph played very great. He was a guy that... that was threatening all day long and opened up so much space for Petey Martinez and Ezekiel Barco, who I thought those two played amazing between the boxes. But, oh my God, man, they've got to figure something out when they get into the box. They've got to make better decisions, when to shoot, when to pass, looking for the open man. They were so frustrating with all the open chances. And you can even throw Justin Miram in that a little bit. He took a couple heavy touches where he turned into a turnover in the box. Yeah, attacking third, we looked phenomenal attacking until we got to the opponent's box. And the attacking third was a little bit of a struggle for us. We still get the two goals we need. We keep a clean sheet. I am thrilled with this performance, but it could have been 6 nothing. Yeah, and, and Blake, one more guy I have to mention that could have thrown his name in the hat. We mentioned him at the intro to this show, Darlington Nagby. Wow. He has been phenomenal the past couple games. I am seeing a Darlington Nagby that we went out and paid a bunch of money to bring him into our team. This is why. We are seeing the Darlington Nagby that has created a wonderful name for himself. And, of course, he did it at his old home in Portland. You know, for Darlington, this week, I need a beer. Beer of the week! Every week. And this week, we're going back to the Campiones Cup in celebration. We have a Georgia State, but we have Terrapin beer out of Athens. And we have, what is this one called, Joe? Senor Crunkles. Senor Crunkles. Because now we are Senor. We are the Campiones. Campiones. And we bring a Georgia beer that went to conquer Mexico. And we came, brought them back and renamed them Senor. A-T-L. Yeah, this is a tropical agave IPA. And if you guys are not familiar with Terrapin... And their beer that that they have a, a surname of Crunkles, it travels around the world. It comes back with a different flavor every couple of months. And, and right now, the the ongoing flavor is Senor Crunkles, and it's got it's got the south of the border feel um, with that agave mix. And I think it there's not a better time to bring him back and celebrating our cup of the Campiones Cup. Next game you guys go to, go to the Terrapin Bar. It's one of the best spots that I go to before a match, before kickoff, to get my first two to three or whatever beers I want. And they'll have Senor Crunkles on draft. So go celebrate our cup winnings with this wonderful, wonderful IPA, Senor Crunkles. Very, very sweet, very fruity, very delicious. Don't miss this Tropical Agave IPA. And like I said, yeah, Terrapin Bar, best spot to pregame. Let's... uh. Let's keep on crunkling right into Total Tactics. 
set pieces. We talked about this last last show, Joe. We're way better at corners this year, no doubt. We get another goal off a corner this last match against Portland. But we're just better at set pieces in general, save for our masterful heroics that we missed from Kratz, Kratz, Fever! Because that guy used to put in a free kick almost every time. But overall, our set piece play has improved drastically. It's not something we've been historically good at. What do you attribute our improvement, especially on corners this year, to, Joe? Well, it it's, comes down to a simple fact that in 2017 and 2018, our average team size was 5'5". Five five. Now 2019 comes around, and our average team size is 7' tall. If you put Barco on top of Joseph's shoulders on top of Miles Robinson's shoulders. Got it. No, all, all mistakes aside, though, all kidding aside... We got a bunch of height coming into this team. Miles Robinson, we've mentioned in the past episodes, they've been targeting him a lot. Uh, we already know Joseph Martinez makes up with his height by the way that he can jump higher than anybody in the league, no matter their height. And then you bring on a guy like Pogba, and then LGP and Lorenowitz are already tall, already on the team. We've got physical, strong men in the box every set piece that, that are targets to be, to, to be reckoned with. Yeah, and let's not forget about the people that start these set pieces. Julian Gressel has always been phenomenal at crossing the ball in, especially from the right-hand side. But Petey Martinez has brought a whole new element to our crossing from the left. I think we lacked this a little bit with Almiron in past years. Almiron, Miggy, we love you. Phenomenal. At set pieces, they were never really his strength. You didn't see a lot of Miguel Almiron highlights of free kick goals. You didn't see a lot of Miguel Almiron corners ending up with headed goals. Ironically, Miggy put in his last free kick and scored right before he got transferred to Newcastle. Right before he left. Very ironic. But uh, great job, Miggy. And if you guys haven't watched this, I'm going on a side tangent. Miggy playing for Newcastle, who their team is god-awful this year, but Miggy has been outstanding in their first couple games during the EPL. I've gotten up early and watched them play, and I just miss watching Miguel Amaron. So I've got to get my binge in over the weekend. And kudos to you, Miggy. I'm still waiting for you to score your first goal, but we'll see that in the near future. Yeah, and you bring up a good point earlier, Joe, and I do want to have our producers check this, and we'll get back to you next week. Uh, is it legal if, for example, Miles Robinson put Barco onto his shoulders during a corner kick, and and Barco headed it in? Is that is that a foul? Is that? I mean, I know it's never been attempted. I just wonder if it's actually outside the laws of the game. Because I think, ironically, in making a joke, you might have come up with a fantastic idea to score more goals. I, I'd have to say that there's some rule. In the MLS notebook about a foul against that. Or if there's not and that actually plays, I guarantee you VAR would come into effect and the refs would not know what to do. They wouldn't know what to do. I don't think anyone's ever made a rule for for piggyback goals. Anyways, moving along. Let's keep talking tactics. Frank DeBoer. DeBoer. We we talked a lot about this. He hasn't abandoned his possession style. But his team, when it plays three at the back, is much, much more dynamic much more aggressive, we're playing a higher line, and I think we're seeing the best of both worlds right now with our tactical prowess when it comes to how we play as Atlanta United, which is fast, paced, attacking, pressing, total football. And Frank has brought in that possession, Dutch total football, and it's finally meshing, and it's beautiful to see. I don't think we've strayed away from Frank DeBoer's style. I think we've just let it evolve 
into this new Atlanta United Frank DeBoer offense. And the way you just said, let it evolve, is the perfect words to say there. Frank DeBoer is showing signs of a true phenomenal manager, a really good manager, knows that he, when he comes into a system, he's going to try to make things happen his way. And, and you know, at the start, it's, it's his way or the highway. And, and if his way starts working out, it works. But you've got to be able to evolve to the game and to your players around you. And it was clearly not working. We had the talent where basically the same team that won the MLS Cup just a couple months before the season started. And then we come into this and we're, we're struggling on the road. We're struggling at home. Started off very slow. Frank had to adapt. And, he, and his players were screaming out, calling out. And Frank listened. And he has adapted. And right now, we are in the best form of our entire season. Now, we did have a stretch where we won five games earlier in the season. But I would argue that our four-game win streak that we're currently on is better than that five-game. And, and I'd like to see this continue as we play Orlando, hopefully win the U.S. Open Cup, and, and further reach our, our goal of reaching the MLS Cup again. So I think this is really tied to Frank being able to adapt. Yeah, adaptability, evolution. Frank, we love what you're doing right now. You seem to have brought the locker room back together. The players are playing how they feel most comfortable and yes, it might give Joe three or four more heart attacks, but this is the Atlanta United that is exciting to watch. I agree with you. This win streak has been one of the most impressive win streaks I've seen in Atlanta United's history. Guys, we got a huge game Friday night. You guys have been waiting for it. It's time for Trash Lando Preview. O-F-Y-O! F-Y-O, our little children down in Dumpsville. We are so sorry that we're coming back. We're really sorry. I just want to go ahead and apologize to the entire city of Orlando that we're already coming back. We've already crushed your U.S. Open Cup dreams. We've already never allowed you to beat us. Our, our star player has called you our children, and he said that he is your father. And now, uh, social media is blowing up about this. Joseph Martinez tweeted at Julian Gressel something about Julian Gressel being the mother of Orlando. So it's basically Joseph and Julian had a child, and it's, it's Orlando, and they just always put them in their place. So now you have parents. You have parents, and the parents hate you. <laughs> not, only, not only are you fathered and mothered by Atlanta, but your parents also hate you and beat you. Yes, we're yeah. talking about abusive parents here. Like they kick you in the groin. They just constantly push you over, knock you down. They come to your house. They take it over. They say it's our house now because we're back, and it's Friday night, and we still haven't forgotten about the last time we played Friday night in Orlando when they met the Lion Tamer. We, we, we tamed the Lions. They became our children. Now we're abusive parents, and now we roll into Trash Lando. Is this a trap game? That's what the press is going to say. They like to think this is a rivalry. It can't be a rivalry until they beat us. And they still haven't beaten us. And that's why we are both adorning our, uh, our wonderful new shirts that our producers got for us. And uh, we're not going to go into the details of the acronym, but they say O-F-Y-O with five stripes beautifully on the front. Yeah, it's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful shirt. And for every O-F-Y-O week in the future... I'm going to be wearing this OFYO shirt because 
That's my lifestyle. It's O-F-Y-O. It's a lifestyle. For A-T-L, U-T-D. It's for the culture. O-F-Y-O. It's for the culture. Let's talk about uh, Orlando. Not that there's much to talk about. Let's talk about their injured players because you know me. I love injuries. Uh, Christian Higuaita out with a hamstring injury. John Moutinho out with a hamstring. And Ruan out with a hamstring. So they're missing some players. And they're coming off of probably their best performance all year, which was a draw, typical Orlando. They did draw against Minnesota United, who's second in the West right now. Minnesota's been playing great this year. Our, uh, our brother, the other United. But I will say this. Orlando... On a Friday night, you know their fans have gone beyond hate to now it's probably rage, anger, and and denial is probably next. They tried to give Brad a hard time during the All-Star game. It didn't matter. Brad was still the best goalie in the All-Star game, even though he was wearing purple. We didn't care. We wore purple because we laughed about it. We were on our home field. We knock him out of the U.S. Open Cup. And here we are, and they are actually trying to think that they're going to make the playoffs. That's the funniest part about this whole thing. It, it is pretty incredible that they're thinking that they can make the playoffs. It's a joke. It's, in, it's more incredible to me <laughs> that they're still in playoff contention at this part in the season because usually this is where they just completely fall apart and, and go down towards the bottom of the league. But that speaks of something of the playoff line in the East this year. It's, it's too tight to be reckoned with. Uh, but Orlando, they're going to put out some players that think they can play. They do have one really good player, and he's the only reason that they're teetering that line, and that is a Nani. Nani, a guy coming over Manchester United, he has made waves this season when he's played for Orlando because he's had to take some rest because he doesn't like to play on turf, and he's a little bit older now, so he's, he's had to, to rest. Uh, but they've got their other two players that, that I really want to poke at right now is Sasha Kleschen, a guy that was brought over from New York Red Bulls a couple years ago, who was constantly a guy that, that was among the league leader in assists, but he was the guy in New York who was surrounded by better talent where he would always get that hockey assist that shouldn't count in any other league. He would get the pass to the guy who actually made the assist. And now that he's on a team of lesser talent, his true colors are shining, where Sasha Kleschen is really bad at connecting passes, really bad at finishing, and, and really just is a waste of talent in the middle of the field where clearly they, they saw that and, and they put him on the bench during last week's game. Yeah, and they got some other they got some other great talent. They're just not really producing where they need to be. And and granted, all, all kidding aside, Orlando is right there in the playoff to Susskind. They're, they're even on points with Montreal. And I, I, I mean, I just don't see them actually making the playoffs because they've never done it, so it's hard for me to envision. But this is a huge, huge game for them and it's not just about it being Atlanta it's not just about finally finally getting back at their their abusive parents this is about making the playoffs which at this stage in the season Orlando could never really say before so I will give them that ESPN primetime Friday night their players have to go out there and say hey we're not just going to get caught up in the emotion of this rivalry so they say we're going to actually go out there and try to make the playoffs. And I think if their players approach it from that perspective, if I once again take off my Atlanta United lenses, then they're going to come out and fight really, really hard. They got uh, Tesho, Akindele. 
He's got nine goals this year. He had a great game against Minnesota United. This is great young talent coming up. And then Mauricio Pereira, he's a new Uruguayan designated player they picked up. He just got his first minutes against Minnesota, got them that draw. He's definitely going to play. He just came over from the Russian Premier League. I'm excited to see these guys play from a soccer fan perspective. And that's a big note you got right there with, with Pereira. Another Uruguayan talent coming to the league. You know, Atlanta was striking the Argentine talent. Uh, it, it happened a little bit before Atlanta came to the league, but we really hit the gold mine in bringing some of these Argentines up and, and South American talent. But the new run on South American talent is these Uruguayans. And, and Orlando's coming in while striking the mine while it's hot. And, you know, and Cavani is, is now already listed to come and play next year. That was confirmed that Inter Miami is getting Cavani at the end of the year and in the summer of next year. So this is another young Uruguayan player. And if he gets the start, that's another guy that we might have to watch out for. He could be a guy that could even take over Sasa Kleschen's starting role. That- well, I mean, I appreciate you you complimenting how how youthful I am, but he's, uh, he's actually my age. He's 29 years old. Uh, so he's been around for a while. And he played for Club Nacional for a long time. Then he headed off to Argentina, played for Lanos, then he moved to Krasnodar, uh, like we said, in the Russian League. And he was there from 2013 to 2019. Played a little bit on the U-20 national team, but never really made the cut for the Uruguayan national team. And now here is in Orlando. You and who knows what this guy's got. You know what I heard in that whole breakdown is he played for Lanus in Argentina, which is the same team that we got Miguel Amaron from. I wonder if they played together at the same time. It's possible. That'd be good to look up. It's possible. But anyways, moving on, uh, the other two players that you're going to have to watch out for that might score goals for them is Chris Mueller, who I think is, outside of Nani, their second best player, and Dom Dwyer, who I think is their most overrated player that's not named Question. Yeah, Dom Dwyer is just a total, total jerk. No one likes that guy, and he's pretty terrible at pretty terrible at soccer so not much to say there so Blake we've got our home game but what you everyone thought we were on a three-game road street road schedule at least the national media thinks we're on a three-game road trip yet it's broken up right in the middle with a second home game I don't understand why they they said it's a three-game road trip because we're clearly playing a home game this week and then right after that we gotta go right into it it's the U.S. Open Cup final yeah and this one's at home for real All right, U.S. Open Cup Final. I know we're jumping a little bit ahead here, guys, but we are going to be there. We're going to be rowdy. We're going to be proud. We're going to be loud. And it's going to be on a Tuesday night. But this one is huge. This is the first time we've appeared in this final. We have a chance at our third trophy in club history, our third piece of silverware, and we're going up against the Toons. No, not the Toons. That's Newcastle. The Loons from Minnesota United. It's the Loons. That's right. And we got another chance at a trophy, like you just said. Blake, I got I to gotta say something real quick. Is that our schedule could not have played out much better than this. Everyone might think it might be a congested schedule. But you look at the Campiones Cup was on a Tuesday. And then our weekend game was pushed back to a Sunday. And then we don't have a midweek game. And then our next game was on a Friday. The earliest you can have it on the weekend. Followed by the U.S. Open Cup final on a Tuesday. The most spread out you can get in a congested style schedule, it just plays right into our hands. And I love it. Like, we have a really great chance here at getting our second cup of the year and putting us in position 
to try to win three trophies in a single year, calendar year. Th- this is this is amazing. Uh, let's break down who we're playing. Yeah, and guys, if you haven't gotten tickets yet, there might be a few left out there. 8 p.m. on a Tuesday, so that's enough time to get off work, get to the bins. This one should be the best atmosphere of the entire season. I mean, we got a trophy on the line once again, but not only do we have a trophy on the line, Joe, this is our shot. This is our ticket back into the CONCACAF Champions League. Granted, if we lose this game, which we won't, there's still a way in by winning the MLS Cup. But we have to go ahead and say it's pretty much foregone conclusion we're not going to get the Supporters' Shield this year. We're not going to catch up with LAFC as the best record in the MLS. So we have to take the chances we have. We've played phenomenal to get here in the U.S. Open Cup, even with some depth players rotating in. Let's seize this moment. Let's show the club we are fully behind them and how much another trophy would matter to add to our cabinet. We have to be there. I expect a much better turnout than the Campiones Cup, even though that was a phenomenal performance. And, and like you said, let's get into it. Let's talk about who we're playing because this is a really, really good Minnesota United team. Yes, Blake. And I love how Minnesota is our opponent in the U.S. Open Cup. The first time both franchises have an opportunity to win the U.S. Open Cup and have their first final in the U.S. Open Cup. Minnesota United came into the league at the same exact time as Atlanta United. Yes, they are like brothers. They even took the same surname. United? United. United. So Atlanta United and Minnesota United were in the MLS womb to begin their, their life. And Atlanta clearly was the one that was closer and had the better feeding tube from the umbilical cord mm-hmm. when they gave birth. And Atlanta took and hit the ground running where they were the hot child coming out of the MLS, made the playoffs their first year, unfortunately got knocked out. But in their second year, they won the MLS Cup. Wow. Little old Minnesota United, the little brother that thought he could, was just kicking along and, and struggled out of the gate. But year by year, they've been making steady developments. They started in 2017 without a single designated player on their roster. Their back line was just a gaping hole that Joseph Martinez ran through and through and through again, where we scored six goals against them the first time we ran. But then last year... They made some strides and started hitting hitting the ground running a little bit more. Even so much where they came to Mercedes-Benz Stadium and beat Atlanta United on their home turf. Yeah, that was some that was some Cain and Abel stuff. That was some brotherly battle. And and it helped that as we were growing up together, it helped that, you know, Arthur Blank shoved a bunch of cash down our feeding tube. And I will give it to Minnesota United. And this is no shot at our front office. They've done a phenomenal job. Minnesota United did not have that cash injection that we had early on. And you're speaking to it by their lack of designated players, by their joke of a defense. We could have gotten out there and played center back, Joe. So props to this team. We've been bashing Orlando in this last section. I want to go ahead and give a lot of credit to Minnesota United because this is impressive. You guys literally have started from the bottom. Yes, you are little brothers. We came into the league at the same year. You guys started with way less resources. Your stadium wasn't complete, but now you've moved into a beautiful new stadium. Your fans are behind you. They sing Wonderwall after games, which still doesn't really make sense to me, but I do kind of like Oasis, so I'm not going to get mad. Well, Blake, I, I do enjoy fan bases that will, will pick a song and, and not change the lyrics of it, and as a whole stadium will start singing that popular song. It sounds really cool 
uh, watching any game of any team when they start doing that type of, of chant. But moving on to 2019, Minnesota United is a completely new team. So everything that I said before this when I was talking trash about them, it's not the same team. So we've got to be prepared. They went out and got a very phenomenal player in Darwin Quintero, and it changed the entire look of Minnesota United. It's very comparable to how DC United was after they picked up Wayne Rooney and went on an incredible run. This Darwin Quintero, who was the previously the human cheat code in franchise mode in FIFA 2012, That's true. you can get him for like five euros, and, and then he would run your team and score phenomenally. But they built their back line up even better, with starting with Ike Opara, who has, has really solidified that back line. And then they, they reflex their midfield with Gregus Molino and, and on the bench coming in sometimes. And they've got Ethan Finlay. Ethan Finlay. He's actually third on their team in goals. This guy pops up out of nowhere, and he gets some goals for them. I'd watch out for this guy. He might get the start in the U.S. Open Cup. So they, they got a good team. Let's talk about where they're at in the MLS standings. They're second in the West. So they're right there. They're going to be a playoff team for sure this year. And you have to start asking yourself, I I think we should get past them at home, no doubt. But you have to start asking yourself as you forecast in the future, how good is this Minnesota United team? And could they make a deep playoff run? And could they go toe-to-toe with LAFC? And I think we're going to find out what this team is really made of when we play them Tuesday night in the bins. Expect to see you guys all out there. We got two phenomenal games over the course of a weekend. And then, hey, you take Monday off and we're right back at you on Tuesday. I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be a blast. It's going to be great, Blake. And you mentioned they're second in the East. And I really, really quickly want to hit on LAFC is first in the East. We just played them recently on a road trip where we lost 4-3, to but it was a great game. Portland... Yeah, they're sitting down about fifth or sixth in the East, but they've got three games in hand where if they win those, they jump right up to where Minnesota United is as second in the East. I think those are two of the three best teams on the – I keep saying East. It's on the West. Excuse my words. But those are two of the best teams in the West. And Minnesota United is right there as that third best team in the West. We're going to see how how – we've already stood the test of Portland, L.A., and L.A. Galaxy, by the way. Now we can see how we match up against Minnesota United, and they have to come into our home turf, where we have been unstoppable lately in, in this, this home match. This is a fortress to be reckoned with. Atlanta United at home. Let's go get our third trophy in uh, Atlanta United history. Atlanta United history. Club history. Third trophy in club history. Third trophy in club history. You guys make sure, show up at the bins Tuesday night. If you don't have a ticket, get a ticket. It's going to be nuts. It's going to be fun. Joe and I are going to be there, and we're going to forget that we have work on Wednesday, even though we do. OFYO. OFYO, guys. Catch you next week. Have fun out there. Stay safe. Don't do anything your mother wouldn't want you to do. That's really impressive.
we want more Cut your tailor boat cause we got Leandro Everybody here alright, hola And you know what it is, five strikes don't stop And you know what it is, we can cut above the rest Now we got a gold star hanging above the crest They lost in translation, they not understanding me Joseph Martinez, Atlanta is family My city love me, Orlando was mad at me I can't be clean, but they stopped over and trash We got WrestleMania, Frank the boy, MLS champs Gotta thank the Lord, boy we number one What you take us for? Gotta shout out all the blacks in the court